Welcome to Junior Elves and Now What? Interlude episode 27.3, overall episode 63. So to start off this episode, I'm just going to share some random bits that have happened over the last few weeks and even a couple of things that I was reminded of from my childhood. Uh, the first one is, for those of you who know of uh, those little box pizzas you can get at the store, Red Baron is, at least in my eyes, some of the nicer ones, and there are some other brands out there. As a kid, we used to go to the store, uh, my sister and I, or my cousins and I, and we would buy some of those. We'd throw them in the oven, the little circle or little square ones, throw them in the oven, not on a tray, right on the rack. We'd cook them up. And then we'd rent some movies from, you know, Blockbuster or Hollywood Video or whoever was around at the time. Uh, Usually get some chocolate milk and Mountain Dew and uh, just kind of veg and watch. One of the things that makes this kind of odd or interesting is uh, when we'd cook up those pizzas, we'd throw them right on a plate. And then we'd literally just slide the pizza off the edge of the plate while we're eating it. No cutting it, no picking it up, any of that kind of stuff. That was just one of those weird random things I did as a kid. And as an adult... Um, I think my, my tastes have changed a little bit, but I almost wonder if they reverted some because I've gone back to liking some of those older box pizzas when I need something quick and easy. Uh, I don't slide it off the plate the same way anymore, but some of that is to do with the fact we have a dog in the house now. And so I have to be careful about, you know, how and where I eat to make sure he doesn't get to it. So anyways, just a, a random bit of, uh, excitement. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, I was working some frantic hours at work and my, Uh, wife and kids had gone out to do one of the few store runs that they do. And when they came back, my five-year-old gave me a uh, kind of like a Father's Day card uh, that he had kind of drawn and colored in and stuff like that. But he was the one who specifically asked to do that without any guidance from my wife. And it was super touching. It was really cool. So I just wanted to kind of share that out. Uh, Shout out to him. Um, again, this is just random bits. Uh, I've picked back up uh, Dr. Mario on my phone. It came out, I want to say last year, might have been the year before, um, and uh, I had made it a goal to three-star every single level, which took some effort and time, and eventually I was fairly successful. But then they were releasing worlds so fast that uh, I kind of backed off, quit for a while, I'm back into it again, and now I can't stop playing it. Super addictive, but it's nice uh, and easy to play. Um there's that Disney Villains game that's out there, and I think I've mentioned that uh, uh, Ravensburger in or in Ribrific or whatever that brand is that does puzzles has done some puzzles based off of it. Uh, I think we now have up to four, maybe five of those puzzles, and uh, kind of an exciting, weirdly sounding uh, moment occurred recently where uh, my wife was working on our most recent one, which I. Th- think is uh, Little Mermaid based. So it's it's based off of the octopus lady. And um, she was working on it and the dog jumped up and knocked the table and knocked a few pieces on the floor, picked one up and ran. And so, um, you know, my wife frantically tried to kind of pick it all up and, and find all of them again, try to find him. Pretty confident he ate one of them. We just finished the puzzle two days ago, and apparently he must have picked something else up and ate it. Thankfully, he didn't get sick or ruin anything that we found, but the puzzle is complete. So, yay for finished puzzle! Woohoo! And now we've pretty much done every single puzzle in our house, so I'm going to have to find some new ones. Um... Uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, I'm sure everyone of their dog is aware of the fact that it's on Netflix. Um, We started it not that long ago, binged basically the entire thing. We have now finished it. It is a fantastic cartoon. I mean, just truly 
truly awesome. Uh, I think that there's there's so much good education and, and lessons in there, but it's entertaining at the same time and good for all ages. So really, really awesome. Um, for Father's Day, I got the International Space Station Lego set, which was really cool. I just finished putting it together yesterday, and uh, it's it's pretty awesome. It's very different. Lots of moving parts. Um, it's set on this kind of weird pedestal thingy, but it's like super precarious. Uh, I, I don't know if that was designed that way or not, but um, I don't know. It's it's actually really, really cool, but it's bigger than I thought it would be, at least as far as you know all the solar panels and stuff that are on it. But uh, anyway, very cool. Um, after we finished Avatar, we were looking to start a new show, and so I persuaded the kids to dive into Star Trek with me um, and the wife. Uh, so I've been a Trekkie since I was a kid. Uh, I was raised on Star Trek The Next Generation. I remember vividly the original Star Trek, even though I wasn't uh, born when it was first airing. And uh, and so I've been a Trekkie ever since. And so I've done Next Generation. I watched most of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which came after or during. And then I started Star Trek Voyager. But as a kid growing up, um, not unlike our lives now, we didn't really have any kind of like cable TV or any that kind of jazz. We, we had just the local channels. In fact, right now, we don't even have local channels. Panels. I've you know sworn those off. The news is too depressing. But anyway, uh, Star Trek Voyager aired on a channel that we could barely get reception on. So for a while, we'd be able to watch it, and then for a while, it cut out. And so of the Star Treks from when I was growing up, that was the one I didn't get a chance to watch much of. So uh, all or most of the Star Treks are on Netflix. So we've started Voyager, and, uh, and that's been um, actually really fun. Because uh, the kids are really starting to get into it. I feel comfortable with the content of the show. Uh, I feel like it's one of those shows we can watch kind of anytime, any day. Uh, it's just intense enough to be entertaining, humorous enough to be funny, especially the doctor. I love the actor who plays the doctor on it. He is just a hoot. Um, yeah, he played a great role on Stargate Atlantis. Uh, actually, he was, I think, Star Trek SG-1 for a few reoccurring roles, and then he was on Stargate Atlantis, I think, for season five. Um, great, uh, great actor. So anyway, um, uh, moving on from there to some kind of the spiritual stuff that's been going on as, uh, with the family. Um, we were having a, a Sunday discussion a few weeks ago um, and talking about, you know, when you're having uh, positive experiences or spiritual experiences, what should you do about it? And it was very interesting because my five-year-old simply said, well, I think you should stay. So we discussed it a little bit as a family and, and whether this was inten- his intent or not behind that statement um, we kind of walked away saying, well, if you're in a place where you're filling the spirit and you're feeling inspired, then you should stay there or at least visit that place often. Um, it, as crazy as it sounds, I honestly and sincerely believe that geography is important. I mean, when Joseph Smith had his first vision, he went to a very particular and specific place. Uh, and, and whether that place has merit, I've now been there. And I will say it feels different. Um, than other places that I've been to. But there are places I've been to where I feel more at peace and at ease than at other places. So, um, you know, not every place is made equal. And some places, I think, are a stronger spiritual conduit than others. So um, that's uh, that's a thing that I think we should all be aware of. Our homes should be one of those. Um, as a family, uh, one of the things that's in the, the lessons every week from uh, the Gospel Library is it talks constantly about writing. And in some of the uh, recent uh, lessons talk uh, in the Book of Mormon throughout this year, uh, it's been you know referencing writings and journals and testimonies and that kind of stuff. 
And so as a family, we felt inspired that we should start keeping a spiritual log or, or journal. And so what we've started to do is uh, you know, we bought our own custom journals, and they're only for this purpose. And so every Sunday... After we're done with our Sunday lesson, and I'm hoping to continue this when we actually start physically returning to church again, um, at the end of the lesson, we put on a spiritual song for about five minutes. Everyone pulls their journals out, and they write whatever they feel inclined to. They don't have to share it, um, but it's been actually a really neat experience. We haven't been doing it for super long yet, but I'm excited to see how this goes. I've been terrible at keeping a journal most of my life. This podcast is actually the closest I've ever been, but um, this is kind of forcing us to do it as a family. All right, so let's uh, let's move on to the last piece of kind of the spiritual stuff I've got here. Um, this is a uh, passage from the book of Mosiah, chapter 27, verse 25. And this, I think, is very applicable to the world we live in today, um, both to the obvious and the not so obvious. And the Lord said unto me, Marvel not that all mankind, yea, men and women, all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people, must be born again, yea, born of God, changed from their carnal and fallen state to a state of righteousness, being redeemed of God, becoming his sons and daughters. And and I know I've reiterated this point a few times over again, but the key word in that to me is changed. Um, it's, it's very, very important that we recognize that no matter our desires, our yearnings, no matter our um, goals in life even, that we should never try to be the same person indefinitely. We should always try to change and be somebody better, new, and different. Um, That's part of the intent behind this entire podcast series that I've got is the things that have helped me to change and that uh, I'm definitely hoping to to convey those things so that I can be better even still and, and share those things with other people. So don't be afraid to change. Change is good or can be good, again, depending on the direction. All right, so uh, segueing from that back into the top five, as I had mentioned before, I didn't get a chance to watch a lot of Star Trek Voyager as a kid, and we're, we're starting to get into it now. We're a little over halfway through season one, and so what I wanted to do is just kind of uh, for fun to see is I suspect we'll actually finish all seven seasons of the show, and so I want to share what, my, what I think my top five episodes are today with what I remember as a kid and with what we've seen up to this point, and then I want to revisit it at the end of the seven seasons and see how it's changed. So uh, one of the episodes I remember vividly is a time travel episode from Voyager where they go back to Earth, more or less our time frame now, maybe a few years ago. And, um, uh, you know, they were incidentally sent back there. And I think it was a two-parter. I want to say it was a season finale and a season opener episode. But I remember really, really liking that one. Um, there was a uh, an Amelia Earhart episode, which I would argue was probably one of my favorite episodes um, that I recall from when I was a kid, where, you know, the whole conspiracy theory about she was abducted by aliens and uh, why she was traveling over Russia to begin with and doing the circumnavigating the globe and all that. Totally uh, awesome. I, I really, really dug that whole, that whole concept. Um, there is this episode in season one, and I didn't write down the, the episode name or number, but the entire episode revolves around the idea of death and um, the, the concept of you know, what comes after. The first officer on Voyager, his name is Chakotay, um, he's of Native American descent in, in the show. Probably in real life too, I'm guessing, but I don't know that for a fact. But he goes into the sacredness of death and the respect. And anyways, I just thought it was really neat um, uh, the way they approached it and the way they viewed it. Um, it's worth looking up. 
Um, and then the last two are kind of obvious, I think, at least the way I think things. I like things when they start. So I really liked the pilot episode, uh, a two-parter, which is pretty typical for Star Trek. And I really liked the series finale, which um, it's been a very long time since I've seen. Uh, and it's it's Borg-based. And for those of you who know Star Trek, Borg is kind of a big deal. So um, that's been kind of a neat thing to, to look forward to because uh, Voyager spends a lot of time with the Borg concept. Anyway, so that's the end of this interlude episode. Um, just a, a little one-liner that I read recently that I thought was quite humorous. Uh, day seven at home, and the dog is looking at me like, see, this is why I chew the furniture. Have a spectacular week. Smile and be happy. Thank you for listening. <laughs>